carrier aircraft, hell divers. I mean, it's going to be the fact that the Japanese uh, especially are not going to be able to take advantage of improvements in technology to anywhere near the same degree. If you're an aircraft fan from the Second World War, you know that they're constantly, all the powers are, are trying to take advantage of what you learn in combat and come up with variants of your planes or new versions. So if, take the ME-109, the German aircraft. Well, there was an ME-109A, B, C, D, E. Uh, finally, you get to like the Gs and stuff, and, and they're all better, right? Taking advantage of newer stuff. The Americans will do the same thing. The British will do the same thing. The Russians will do the same thing. But the Japanese fall behind on that too. They had the Zero fighter that was such a great fighter when the war started, but... As the war goes on, the Japanese aren't getting much better, and their enemies are. So you combine the fact that you're going to have a ton more aircraft being churned out by Allied factories, and this aircraft is going to start outstripping the Japanese aircraft in quality, too. It's not just aircraft that are getting qualitatively better. I mean, for example, in 1943, you start seeing... Uh, late 42, actually, but in 43, you start seeing the Essex-class aircraft carriers... Uh, rolling off the assembly lines. My dad served on the Essex in the, in the Korean War. Um, the Essex is one of these carriers that actually takes advantage of wartime experience to make a better design. As we should remember, in the Second World War, everyone expected battleships to be the big, important, you know, queen of the seas. When it turned out to be aircraft carriers, the aircraft carriers that Japan and the United States had, for example, were ones that were designed before the war, before they knew that these were going to be the dominant ships and before they had any chance to incorporate real wartime lessons into the design. The Essex-class carriers are different, and people who talk about them, uh, I was reading a whole thing on them just the other day, were saying that they're they're significantly better than the pre-war aircraft carriers. Uh, the Japanese are not going to get a chance to incorporate those wartime lessons in ship design anywhere near as um, effectively because they produce so, so many fewer ships. The Japanese are going to rely on converting battleships that are under construction into aircraft carriers. I mean, they're going to try stopgap measures to help themselves. Meanwhile, the United States is creating like seven, eight, nine new fleet carriers a year. I mean, it's, it's a dynamic that the Japanese can't win. It's a steamroller by 43. And 1943 shows you that the Axis are beginning to lose everywhere. We said the beginning of 1942 to the end of 1942, it's like night and day. But once 1943 rolls around, this is a one-way street when it comes to uh, how things are going. 43 is a terrible year for the Axis. 44 is worse, and of course, 45 is nightmarish. 1943 is the year that the Allies uh, kick the uh, Axis powers out of North Africa. They then quickly cross the Mediterranean and invade the island of Sicily. Then they quickly cross from the island of Sicily to Italy and knock the Italians out of the war. Mussolini is deposed in 1943. So he's one of the big three, right? Tojo, Hitler, and Mussolini. The Germans flip out, as you might imagine, when Italy decides it's going to declare war on them now, and they quickly occupy the country, and they start fighting the British and American forces in the tough mountainous terrain of Italy with Mussolini controlling sort of a rump, symbolic state that's propped up by Hitler. But the writing's on the wall. 